This is Dave Philippi, uh, the Director of Film and Video at the Wexner Center for the Arts, and I'm here today with Jenny Deller, the Director of Future Weather. We'll be showing Future Weather at the Wexner Center on Wednesday, May 1st at 7 o'clock. Jenny, it's great to have you with us. Thanks, I'm excited to be here. Um, could you tell us a little bit about, this is your first feature film, correct? Yes. And could you tell us a little bit about um, where the idea came from and how um, the film got rolling? Yeah, well, I, um, this, the, the sort of very first image I had for the film uh, came to me when I was like 13, which is the same age as the main character in the film. I was an avid reader and I walked into the library one day in the young adult section and all of a sudden had kind of a daydream of, of a young girl going to her mailbox, opening up it up and finding a postcard from her mother who was off gallivanting around the country. And there was something both sad and romantic to me about that image, it just stuck with me. And when I was 30, I decided it was time to, you know, dive off the deep end and make a first feature film and that image came back to me. and. Uh, sort of became the center for this mother-daughter story. Yeah, could, could you tell us a little bit about the story without necessarily, you know, giving the ending away? Could you a little, give us a little setup for um, the, the main characters in the film? Sure, yeah. It's, um, the main character is a 13-year-old girl growing up in a very rural area, and she is very interested in science and the environment and really takes refuge in, in the outdoors um, because she has kind of a, a crappy home life. She has a single mom who's who had her when she was a teenager. She's pretty flaky and um, the story begins pretty much when the girl comes home and find that the mother's just flown the coop and she left, she's left to her own devices and um, tries to make it on her own for a little while and then her grandmother finds her um, and her grandmother is played by Amy Madigan so she's not your typical you know cookie baking mm -hmm. sweet granny. She's kind of mm -hmm. tough talking no BS and has plans of her own and so all of a sudden getting this kid dropped in her lap is, is not exactly how she was planning to spend the next, her next 10, 20 years. So. And, um, and you mentioned that she has this interest in, in science and the outdoors and that's another really interesting, we, you know, we find out pretty early in the film that she has a, a close relationship with her science teacher who's right. also played by a great actress, Lily Taylor. Yeah. So. Um, I think the the kid, uh, you know, she she's trying to look for a way to to order her world, you know, order an otherwise chaotic mm -hmm. sort of existence. And science is really attractive because you can, you know, put everything in boxes and um, find answers. And uh, I think that she she meets the teacher in the beginning of the story as well, and through her kind of finds that there are more gray areas in science, just as in life, mm -hmm. than she thought. And I think that the teacher becomes very attractive to her because she not only, this this is an adult who actually is giving her a lot of encouragement, um, but she also seems to have her stuff together and she's interesting and she's, you know, she's got a profession that the, that the girl admires. And um, I think she starts to see her as maybe a surrogate mother. You mentioned that, you know, because her home life, because, and remind me of the actress's name again, the young actress. Oh, the little girl yeah. is uh, Perla Haney Jardine. Right, who's fantastic in the film. Um, and, you know, she, she obviously does have a very unstructured home life. Her mother is almost needs, 
you know, the relationship is almost reversed where the daughter is, is more responsible than, yeah. than her mother. And, and you mentioned how science, you know, for, I think it's very common for kids who live in either a dysfunctional home or an alcoholic home or whatever, that they um, become over, over organizers. And I'm wondering if um, introducing the science element to it was that was your way of, of dealing with that part of the girl's life or did it come about in another way you know it kind of came about um because i wanted to well first of all i wanted to create just as you said a, a relationship between a mother and daughter where the roles were kind of reversed and the the mother was more like the kid in the relationship and so i just started picturing this woman who never really grew up past high school you know she was sort of a um in arrested development in a way and, and had all these similar interests. She, The mother wants to become a makeup artist in Hollywood and she um, she, she was a, a majorette in high school and you know still kind of carries these interests and I wanted the daughter to just be completely opposite. You know what if you had a mother and a daughter who just don't really actually have that much in common, probably wouldn't be friends if they were the same age. And I went to a math and science high school and um, to me, that just, I, I guess I was also looking to, to set up a, a character, a girl, a young girl character that we don't really see very often. And so there was something to me that was a little more, um, to me, to make her interested in science was a little more punk rock. In a way. It was like really going against the grain of and going against people's expectations. So um, I just stuck with it and decided if she was going to be a scientist, she was going to be really serious about it and smart and not stereotypical. Mm -hmm. and. And you mentioned that you know that it's uh, an unusual role for a girl, and I think we can pretty much say that about the whole cast. Yeah. You know, it, it's obviously a film um, dominated by women, and um, not dominated, but I mean, it's all about um, you know the, the the main characters are all women, and it is interesting how it's they're multi generational. You have this thirteen year old girl, um, her grandmother on the other end of the spectrum, and then two women that are presumably in the same ballpark age wise, and one is her science teacher and then one is her, her mother. Um, could you talk about um, just directing, you know, the actors and, and what that was like and, you know, you had different, you know, people different with different levels of experience and, uh -huh. and how that all worked out? Well, we were just incredibly lucky to get the cast that we did. Um, I And I just, I still marvel at the fact that I got to work with some of my heroes. Um, not just Amy Madigan and Lily Taylor, both of whom I, I really admired, but also Marin Ireland, who plays mm -hmm. the, the mother, mm -hmm. uh, has been acting off-Broadway in New York for many years. And, and when I lived there, I would always go see her work mm -hmm. and thought she was fantastic. Um, so we knew going into this project that even though, and maybe even specifically because we were so low budget, we needed to have first-rate actors. And there's a difference between actors and movie stars. Mm -hmm. And we knew we probably couldn't afford movie stars. So, so there, luckily, there are very serious actors out there who are interested in doing independent films mm -hmm. just because they're looking for a good project, not for a paycheck. So we, we sort of set, set that um, goal internally in the beginning that it was not, you know, we weren't going to pay people extra. It was just going to be for the love of doing it. And then went out and tried to attract those kinds of, of actors. But... Um, you know, it was an experiment, so we didn't know what would happen. So again, I just, I, every person who got cast, I just, I love in, in the part, I love outside of the part, you know, they're just, they're very fun to work with. 
everybody had a very um, very different way about them mm -hmm. in terms of approaching the part, working with the other cast members. Um, Amy and I had very long conversations about her character, whose name is Greta, and she just knew her in a way that I didn't I didn't have to explain in a way. We were having, it was almost as if she'd gotten inside my head and in my writing process and we just both knew this woman, which was pretty remarkable. So, so our work came a lot through just talking about this woman and, and then working on set, you know, just Amy's so fantastic because she will never do a take the same way twice. Mm -hmm. So she's just game to kind of to give you every different shade you could possibly want in the edit room, and she knows that process and knows that, you know, by the time that you, when you're on set, that's just, you know, one one piece of the of the filmmaking process. So she's very generous in that way, and and wouldn't kind of get locked into one thing. Um, we didn't have the luxury of rehearsing very much, but what I did really work to build into the schedule was um, a, a day where Greta, or where Amy Madigan could work with Perla, the 13-year-old, um, because I wanted a sense of family and, and I didn't want people to show up on set and just be meeting each other for mm -hmm. the first time and trying to construct that. So whatever we could do to, to, to you know, put a little bit of a relationship on screen, a pre-existing relationship you know, the better. So Amy was incredibly generous with Perla and, um, you know, her char Amy's character can be a little intimidating. <laughs> and I think what both Amy and I tried to do was create a sense of trust with Perla so that when they went on set and they were really in the moment performing, you know, pretty dramatic scenes, Perla knew Amy as an actress first and could sense that like they were partners mm -hmm. and that this wasn't personal and there was nothing dangerous here that you know Amy wasn't gonna like go off the rails mm -hmm. and really attack her um, and then and I think that worked really well because then Perla showed up just so excited and ready to work and, and have fun um, and then the other thing that we got to do was spend a day working with uh, Perla and um, Anya Bhavjanu plays the mm -hmm. young boy Neil and he he didn't have a lot of experience at all. Perla Perla's quite um, experienced and had been in um, several films, including a really great movie by Michael Winterbottom called Summer in Geneva. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. with Colin Firth and Catherine Keener. And so she, um, you know, she'd been she'd been up there with some heavy hitters, um, but Anyubov just brought himself, which he's very he was very close to the character at the time that we shot and so much fun in that respect and I just I tried to just give him some tools um, ahead of time so that when we were on set we had a little more of a shorthand so I had done um, a lot of work in the Meisner technique which is a method a method acting technique and I just kind of I tried to give him some of those tools and um, really encourage him to work from his own experience and not put on a character um, not that that's something I'm like you know philosophically opposed mm -hmm. to but for him he was he didn't need it you know he just he was Neil so in so many ways and and what he could give us that way was just so genuine that he didn't need to he didn't need to do a lot and so it was a lot about just also trying to get 
him comfortable with shooting out of sequence and kind of being able to locate himself in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned um, Perla's relationship with Amy Madigan, and you know, Amy Madigan, um, my, my memory is she has much more screen time than Lily Taylor's character, and so obviously she's um, you know, more, more developed as a, as a character. And it's funny because Lily Taylor, in a way, is not on screen that much, but we're so, or to me anyway, she, I knew everything about her. Mm-hmm. And and you just dropped in a couple of scenes, and I won't you know I won't spoil it. But you drop in a couple of scenes that that hints at that that great moment where kids kids don't understand their teachers have a, a personal life, you know, and and that when you find out that you, you know your teacher, especially one that you really like, has a personal life, how it can be sometimes upsetting or shocking or whatever. And there there's a moment um, or two like that in in the film, and. and um, maybe could you just talk a little bit about um, Lily's, uh, the way she approached the role and, and worked with Perla? Yeah, so um, Lily's, Lily, Lily's also just a phenomenal actor to be able to work with, and she really wanted to find the truth in what kind of teacher she was, how she would approach her classroom. So, you know, I had written, I'd written scenes, and we got together and talked, and she said, I, I want to let's both try to call any teachers we know and see if we can set up a classroom visit. So we eventually uh, did that in Philadelphia, which is where I was living at the time and where we shot Future Weather. So we went to two different classes. One was at a very traditional junior high school, so it was an eighth grade science class, and the other was at a, a private school. And they were, you know, night and day. And Lily and I just sat and we observed the teacher and the students and just kind of soaked it all in. And even though um, I would say the school that Lottery is going to is much more traditional and, um, you know, didn't have a lot of resources, we thought it rang more true that that Lily's teacher would bring a bring a more progressive approach mm-hmm. and be a f- breath of fresh mm-hmm. air and. So she wanted to kind of re-examine her scenes from uh, that perspective. So we ended up, I ended up going back in and making things much more interactive and um, in a, you know, tried to position her role more as facilitator than versus lecturer um, was one thing. And then, um, you know, it was interesting. Lily also... Um, She's a very warm presence in the film, but I think also through our conversations, I I also felt encouraged to give her boundaries as a give the give the character boundaries mm-hmm. as a teacher, which which comes through in the story. I won't give it away, um, and that just ended up feeling really true to me as well. And I think you know it was because Lily and I had the opportunity to to talk for so long before we actually went into production that that came about. Um, and actually, somebody asked Lily that question the other day about how did she work with Perla, and she gave a very funny response, so I will just paraphrase, uh, which is to say that she said, you know, 13-year-old girls are interesting, <laughs> and Perla was at a place where she, I mean, Perla's a very gregarious kid, very outgoing, and, and knows how to, you know, talk to adults, but her closest friend on set was... Um, the make her her one of her oh no it was a her 
one of the costume girls who was much younger, and they just related in a much more, you know, like peers, mm -hmm. and that was her comfortable place. And so Lily was saying, you know, I just kind of let her be. You know, I didn't force it, I didn't push it, I didn't try to create a relationship mm -hmm. just because we have one on screen, and, and I think that that actually worked. Um, can you talk uh, briefly, this you know, film has this science component to it, and I know um, at least one of the ways the film is being kind of introduced and received in the world is, is through this, um, with, you know, paying attention to the science component. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, one of the, one of the um, themes in the film is, is about, um, you know, responsibility and, and responsibility to, to family, I guess, and to future generations. And, you know, the mother runs away from home and basically abandons this kid for very selfish reasons. Um, the main character, Lottery, begins, you know, the more anxious she feels about her abandonment, the more she begins to project that onto uh, climate change, which to me is sort of a parallel abandonment issue. And, um, they, they, in a way, kind of provide metaphors for, you know, each other. It's mm -hmm. sort of a, I don't look at it as, a lot of people say, well, it's a family, it's a movie about family, and other people are like, it's, a, it's the most, it's such, such, made such a strong statement about climate change, and I'm content to, to let them both be present and speak to each other versus, you know, say definitively, you know, it's just a movie about family. Um, so the kid, you know, has a lot of opinions and has done a lot of her homework about all of that. And um, she's running an, a science experiment that's really based on true science. And um, she's, she's hoping to find a way to sequester carbon, uh, carbon dioxide through, through trees, which is based on photosynthesis. And so there is real science. There's also climate, you know, real, I should say, um, biology and there's also climate science and there's you know lots of things she's throwing out about you know warning people and um, at the time that I was writing it you didn't have you didn't get that in mainstream media very mm -hmm. much it's probably becoming more common so at the time it just um, you know I, I I wasn't sure how people would take it now to me it comes across as funny in a way like in that way that you're, um, you know, that we're now allowed to make fun of, not that there's been a, well, Sandy was a tragic event, but I guess, I don't know where I'm going, I'm rambling now. Um, there's so much discussion of, <laughs> of global warming right. that it's, we're allowed to, you, you can joke about it. Right, you know, right. Um, it's almost like gallows right. humor. Right, but at the same time, I, th I think there, the, I'm hoping, and, I, I do see opportunities for the movie to actually incite real conversation about climate change and about science and about, you know, science's place in culture. Um, so we, we've just been trying to kind of keep pushing it out sort of in a grassroots way to other audiences, uh, whether it's science teachers. Um, we, we talked with a lot of educators while we, during our run in Chicago, so we had, um, people from the Lincoln Park Zoo and the Field Museum and people who are working with disadvantaged youth and using science to, to, to get them interested in the world. So um, the film just could be a jumping off point for so many, of, so many of those topics. So 
we've we've we haven't been um, we've been very open to facilitating mm -hmm. that if possible. Well, I have many more questions I could ask, but um, we'll save them for um, Wednesday on May first um, when you'll be here to introduce the film and. Um, maybe I'll just end with one question. When we, um, when you agreed to come and introduce the film, you were temporarily temporarily living in Columbus, and and that's become permanent, which we're really excited about to have you in Columbus. Um, um, how did you end up in Columbus, <laughs> and um, and uh, what do you think about your time, and 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 looking forward to staying here for a while? Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. It seems like a a really um, vibrant place, and it's, um, I mean, for me as a filmmaker, I'm interested in place. That's, that's something that inspires stories for me. So a new place is like a new story in a way. I can explore, I can, you know, people watch new people. <laughs> I can, um, you know, have adventures to outskirts or, you know, different places in the city that I find interesting. Um, and Columbus right now, I've, I've been, I've, we're living in Clintonville, and there's just something about it that has both the comforts of a city, but also f kind of feels like a small town, mm -hmm. which I think is very unique. And, um, and I'm interested to keep exploring it in re reality and in fiction. <laughs> well, great. We're, we're happy to have you here, and thanks for being with us today. And like I mentioned, um, Future Weather screens Wednesday, May 1st at 7 o'clock, and Jenny Deller will be there to introduce it and do Q&A after. So please join us.